0: Thanks for joining us on the Oasis Church Podcast. To find out more about Oasis, visit CelebrateTheJourney.org. During this episode, Pastor Dennis Ritchie shares a great message that will lead you to new and deeper levels with Jesus Christ. So open up a Bible, grab a notebook, or simply listen along. I still have the sense that the, there's a spirit of deliverance here this morning um, that that God is is kind of rustling in and among the hearts of of his people and so I would encourage you to just kind of be mindful if if the Lord is doing something in your heart is he is he calling you to repent of something is he calling you to embrace something uh, is he calling you to just kind of leave something aside walk away from it um, but but be be attentive to what the spirit of the Lord is doing because he's doing, he's doing something here this morning. And, um, and we want to be, uh, mindful of that and we don't want to miss that. And so here we are in another season of Christmas. I think it was end of October. No, it was before, I think it was before Halloween, uh, Home Depot already had their Christmas trees up. And I'm like, really? There's some nice ones, I must say, but, um, but you know, this, this is a time of year where we, we celebrate Christ, you know, as a, as a church, as a, as a believing community. Uh, we celebrate, you know, family and friends, and we're getting together, and we're, we're feasting and, and uh, exchanging gifts. But what's, what's very interesting is this time of the year is, for, for some, and, and maybe I can even venture to say for many, it's a time of anxiety. It's a time of stress. Um, we know that uh, in the clinical world, that anxiety and depression increases during the, the, these holidays. And, and people kind of suffer through these things because uh, many things, you know, loneliness and fear and finances. And, oh, my gosh, I have to sit at the table with my outlaws again. And, and you know, there's this, this tension that, that we all kind of feel. But, but for us, I want us to... <clears throat> I want us to always maintain this focus because there is peace in this season, and that peace is jesus christ and when we focus in and on him then then it, not everything goes away uh, but but things become more clear things become more focused because it is about it is about christ you know you'll you 'll find if you' if you 're uh, on facebook you 'll see you know, that, that saying, um, the reason for the season is Jesus, which which gets a little hokey after a while, but it's true. Um, and, and so we want to focus in on Christ. Uh, this is the first week of Advent, the first week of preparing to celebrate the birth, the birth of Jesus. And we're going to unpack some stories over the next couple of weeks. We're going to look at the story of Mary and how the angel came upon her and said, Hey, Mary, guess what? Things are going down for you and things are going to change. Uh, we're going to look at Joseph, uh, the righteous man that he was, um, and and the Spirit of the Lord comes to him in a dream and says, "Chill, Joe, it's all good. This is the Holy Spirit's doing," paraphrase slightly, and um, and we're going to look at uh, the wise men as they come and seek for Jesus, Curly Larry and Mo, and we know that they came and brought and brought gifts uh, to the to Christ, um, but I want to begin with the focus really of of, of the season. I want to begin with, well, Paul says in Galatians 4.4, 4, he says that when the time had fully come, when the set time had fully come, God sent his son, born of a woman and under the law. And so Christmas, Advent, the central foundational theme is Christ, is, is, is Jesus. He is the most important thing that we can focus on during this time. He is the reason for the season, and, and what I want to do is, I want to just kind of spend this morning. I don't, I don't believe the information is going to be earth shattering to any of you in any way, but I believe that the Spirit of the Lord wants to do something through the Word in your heart and in your soul this morning. And so, we're just going to look. Um, we're going to look at the greatness of Christ. Now, as you as you kind of read through the Gospels, um, and, and if you uh, if you do any type of Uh, theological study uh, you will see that each gospel kind of highlights something very specific about christ in matthew's gospel it's his kingship in mark's gospel it's it's the servant jesus in um in luke's gospel it's kind of jesus um being human but he's god in human form but in john's gospel he focuses on on jesus being god period like like, like the, the Godness of Jesus, the creator of all the universe, all powerful, yet all human, but still all God. And when you begin to press into the gospel of John, when you begin to read it and read it and spend time and linger in it and let it marinate, um, you will see, you will find yourself this understanding of how big and powerful and awe-inspiring Jesus is by the way John presents him to, um, to his readers. We're going to look at the first 18 verses of chapter 1 this morning. And, I, and I, for me, they're some of the most awe-inspiring verses of the entire Bible. I, I mean, I just love the way this, it's, it almost flows as a song or, or, or as a poem. And John talks about the incarnation of, of, of God in Christ. And, and he's, he, he comes to us and he leaves nothing of his, of, of his divinity behind. But he comes as, as fully human. And, and, it's, and he comes as the son. He's the second person in, in the Trinity. And so this is the Jesus that John presents to us in chapter one of his gospel. He does this amazing job um, at talking about he is light and he comes into the world. And, and some people have rejected him and some people will receive him. And I love this. He, he pours out grace upon grace to those who have received him. The opening three verses are, I, I don't know why, I've never, I have never studied them to put them to memory, but they, they, just, they were just so profound for me that, that they just stuck with me as, as a memory verse. And so what I thought we would do is we were going to read the first 18 verses right on through, just get a full picture of what's happening, and then we are going to kind of unpack. And I just might read from my own Bible. He came as a witness to testify concerning the light so that through him all might believe. He himself was not the light. He came only as a witness to the light. The true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. He was in the world, and though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. He came to which that was his own, but his own did not receive him. Yet to all who did receive him, those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Children born not of natural descent or human decision or a husband's will, but born of God. The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only son who came from the father, full of grace and truth. John testified concerning him. He cried out saying, this is the one I spoke about when I said, he who comes after me has surpassed me because he was before me. Out of his fullness, we have all received grace in place of grace already given. For the law was given through Moses. Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God, but the one and only Son, who is himself God, and is in closest relationship with the Father, has made him known. John chapter 1, verses 1 through 18. And in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him all things were made. Without him, nothing was made that has been made. In the beginning was the Word. Speaking of Jesus, see, there's never been a time when Jesus has not existed. Jesus just didn't show up for the first time here on earth. Before there was time, Jesus was. Before there was time, Jesus is. Jesus created time as a gift for us so we can, can kind of measure out this thing that we call life. And the word that, that's used in the beginning was that, that, that was word. It has this meaning to of, of continuing. That Jesus is always continuing to be the word. And he's always continually continuing to be God. And so, if you want to use a theological word, Jesus is He has no beginning. Jesus was always wasing. He's just never not been wasing. And that's a real word now. And we're going to submit it to Webster wasing. <laughs> and really, this is the starting point, the foundation for us as human beings, and, and, and to understand the greatness of Christ that he is from the beginning, he's always been. the beginning was jesus and jesus was with god the father and the son were in this face-to-face intimate relationship beyond what we can fully get our get our mind around not only were they were near each other but the way it's kind of written is they were just continually moving toward each other and not in the sense of of a physical movement because the relationship between the father and son cannot be any more perfect than it is but but there's a depth that's that's beyond what our comprehension could be that that Jesus and the father are so intimate so close it's almost like they're one the father the son they have always existed in perfect equality and in perfect intimacy. This is the Jesus that we celebrate this time of year. This is the greatness of Christ. He's always been. He's always been in perfect relationship with the Father. And he has always been God. Verse 3, it says, through him all things were made Without him, nothing Nothing was made that has been made. With, with, without him, nothing was made that has been made. That means that if there is something that exists in our world, it was made by Christ. Nothing that w- exists came to fruition outside of Jesus. Everything in the entire universe. Things that we see, things that we don't see. All has been created by Jesus. So imagine that first Christmas morning, that baby lying in the manger. Uh, you know, a newborn baby is probably the, 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 the weakest that a human being can ever possibly be. Newly born, um, dependent upon mom and dad for everything except for breath. In that weakened state, that baby created everything. All that is seen. And all that is unseen. Created the universe. And this theme runs throughout the New Testament. In the book of Colossians, Paul would write it this way. For in all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities. Okay, okay, you get this. Whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, that means Trump is God's man. That might not be good, but I'm just saying Jesus didn't wake up on November 6th and go, or November 7th and go, how did that happen? Everything exists. And I'm not saying that he's, I'm not being political. I'm just saying if Hillary was in, God would have been her pick. All things have been created through him, for him. He's before all things. In him, all things hold together. And again, in Hebrews in the past, God spoke to our ancestors through the prophets many times in various ways, but in these last days, he spoke to us by his son, whom he appointed heir of all things and through whom also he made the universe. So the son the is the radiance of God's glory, the exact representation of his being, sustaining all things by his powerful word. After he provided purification, for sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty in heaven, the greatness of Jesus, this is who we celebrate. In, in science, um, there's an estimate that there are... Uh, I'm going to read this because I don't want to mess this up. There are about 100 billion stars in each galaxy-ish. And there's at least 100 million galaxies in the universe. So there's 100 billion stars in each of the 100 million galaxies. So that makes, if you do the math, Tim... Um, that makes about ten octillion stars. I didn't even know that was such a word. So let me let me break this down for you. A thousand thousands is a million. A thousand millions is a billion. A thousand billions is a trillion. A thousand trillions is a quadrillion. A thousand quadrillions is a quintillion. A thousand quintillions is a sextillion. A thousand sextillions is a septillion and a thousand septillions is an octillion times that by 10. There are 10 octillion stars in the universe. That's a 10 with 27, three, zero. That's a 10 with a lot of zeros at the end of it. Jesus has created them all. And not only that, we saw in that verse in Colossians that he holds it all together. Everything is spinning and moving and existing because the power of Christ is making sure that it's all running in perfection. This is the greatness of Jesus. This is who we celebrate this time of year. And so I would have to say when it comes to trusting him, he's a pretty solid bet. He's a pretty solid bet to trust the creator of all things, he knows our needs. He knows our desires. He knows the way things should go in our life. He knows the things that we, we should do, that he would like us to do. He reveals to us. He, he embraces us. I believe that he, he grieves with us and he weeps with us. He wants the best for us. This Jesus, the creator of all the universe, in his greatness, we are the twinkle in his eye. And so I think it's a fair bet that we can give our lives over to him 100%. And say, my life is yours. My life is yours. Would you take it? That that third day song, please take from me my life when I don't have the strength to give it away. Jesus is a sure bet. I, I think the question that we have to wrestle with is, have we given our life to him? I mean, you can come to church and say, I've given my life to Christ, but, but hold on to those things that, that are just pulling you away from him at all times. Have you opened your hands and said, Father, I don't have the strength to give it away. Please take it from me. Take from me my life. As John continues on... <clears throat> He says, in him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. He talks about John. There was a man from God whose name was John, John the Baptist. He came as a witness to testify concerning that light, so that through him all might believe. He himself was not the light. He came only as a witness to the light. The true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. He was in the world, and though the world was made through him, It didn't recognize him. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. A child born not of natural descent, nor of human decision or husband's will, but born of God. And if you'll excuse me, I'm going to have to put a cough drop in or I might be sign languaging the end of this. The greatness of Christ is experienced in the greatness of His love. John doesn't call Jesus the Word just to be clever to, to kind of uh, show his prowess in, in writing. Um, it kind of kind of uh, it's lending itself to that Jesus is revealing Himself to the world. You see, um, from from the creation of the world, it's been God's good pleasure to reveal himself to his people. This, this entire book, I know that we like to think it's our um, owner's manual. It tells us what to do, and, and, and some of that is true. But primarily, this is God's revelation to humanity. God says, you want to know me? This is who I am. Look into this, this, this is a sacred scripture. Look into here, and we will know God. Jesus has always wanted to communicate to us who he is and who we are in relation to him. He has loved us from the beginning. He didn't start loving us when we were born. He's loved us before we were born. The nature of love, it has to express itself. Jesus expresses his love beyond the physical, but in a a very deep and spiritual way to his children. We read in this passage that he's, he's being called light. And the light has come into the world. This light of revelation as words reveal meaning. Jesus is revealing who he is and who God is to his church. And this light is going to be rejected. And this light is going to be received. But the love of God through Jesus Christ has come into the world. And him was life. And that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness. And the darkness has not overcome it. There is, there is biblical evidence of the glory of Jesus radiating in physical light. Matthew chapter 17, Peter, James, and John, they go with Jesus up to the mountain, and he's transfigured. I encourage you to read it. And as he's, he's being transfigured, his, his face shone as bright as the sun. This is the physical glory of Jesus being manifest to the eyes of humanity. But that's not what he's getting at in these verses. What he's getting at is a spiritual light. The spiritual light that is pressing against the spiritual darkness in this world. And the darkness will not overcome it. The darkness is pushing constantly against it. It's it's fighting it. But the darkness will not prevail because the light of Christ will always prevail. And it goes just beyond the world. The light of Christ is pressing and pushing into each and every one of our hearts to the the deepest recesses of those places that we don't even like to admit that they're there, but the light of Christ is pressing and pressing into us if we'll receive him. And the more darkness within us that is dispelled by the light of Christ, the more of the life of Christ is in us. The light of life came the light of love of the father came (laughs) and it had mixed reviews darkness likes darkness darkness likes to stay in the dark opposition and defiance was met but then in verse 10 it says this he was in the world and though the world was made through him the world did not recognize him. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. The light of the world was rejected. The the Jewish Messiah that was prophesied about over and again would be rejected because he kind of didn't fit the standard of what Messiahs looked like. This weak backcountry Rabbi, carpenter. He did not come with with all the the trappings of religiosity and education. He came humble. He came simple. This light that spoke light in Genesis chapter one spoke light into the chaos and began creating the entire world. This light who had had to sheathe himself somewhat so that he can be among us and walk among us and live among us so that we can then have the light of life. This light that he gives to his people so that they could be a light to the world. This is the light that was rejected and is still being rejected to this very day. Could you imagine people rejecting the love of God through Christ's perfect, sacred, divine, love, light, and life. This is the greatness of Christ, rejected. But there's a but. In verse 12, it says, to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Children born not of natural descent, nor of human decisions or a husband's will. Children born of God. Christian, I'm telling you, if you receive the light, you are now God's child. The birth had nothing to do with your heritage, your family, has nothing to do with ethnicity, has nothing to do with a human perspective. You are God's child in a very... deep sacred spiritual way he calls you son he calls you daughter this is the greatness of christ that we celebrate in uh, john's first letter that he writes in in chapter 3 he says He says, See what a great love that the Father has lavished upon us that we should be called children of God. It's God's love that has been lavished upon us and that has brought us into his family, brought us into this place of being a beloved son and a beloved daughter, someone who wants, he wants the best for each and every one of us. And sometimes the best isn't always the easiest. It doesn't always, it's not always the mountaintop experience, but every trial, tribulation, up, down. God uses for the good of those he calls his children. This is, the, this is the greatness that we celebrate in Jesus. And in the future, when God redeems all of this mess, when Jesus returns, we become like the risen Christ. And that first letter, again, um, John's first letter, he said, uh, we are now children, but there's more because we're not what we should be yet. But when Jesus comes, we will be like him because we will see him. We will be to have this, this glorified body. And I've said this before, I will have hair and abs, plural. <laughs> Begin to meditate on that truth during Advent." Begin to, not my abs or my hair, but (laughs) that was the perfect segue, huh? I went to church and the pastor said, meditate on his abs. Mm -hmm. Let's meditate on the truth that we will be like him when he comes. Let that sink in. Let that fill your thoughts as, as the, the stresses may come this, this time of year, as the frustrations may come this time of year, as, as traffic increases, as getting a gallon of milk becomes a project because the supermarkets are always full, that we have an eternal, eternal promise in Christ. Amen. And here's, here's, here's just boggles the mind, the simplicity of it all. I have... I mean, as part of my job, I've had to study theology. And it frustrates me because we have taken the beautiful simplicity of Christ and we have complicated it beyond measure. And and believe me, we need to have good doctrine, good understanding, a good theology. Yes, I'm not poo-pooing any of that. But my goodness, we have complicated so many simplicities of the gospel. Because see to enter into this life that Jesus is offering, to enter into this, this light, to enter into eternity. We just receive the gifts. It's just receiving. There's no papers to fill out. There's no initiation dues to pay. We receive the gifts because all who would receive him Are called his children, and to believe who Jesus is is about receiving him for who he is and what he's done and what he has given over to us. Jesus, the creator of all things, became one of us, took our sin upon himself, paid for it on the cross, was buried rose from the dead, defeated death once and for all, and now is seated at the right hand of the Father. This is the free gift of grace, eternal life in Christ Jesus, that you would just receive it. Accept who he is. Open your heart to what he is doing. You don't have to work for the love of God. You have to be willing to receive it. You don't have to fight for it. He wants to lavish it upon you. That, that word lavish. Woo. The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. <clears throat> we have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only son, who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. John testified concerning him, talking about John the Baptist. He cried out, saying, This is the one I spoke about when I said, He who comes after me has surpassed me because he was before me. Out of his fullness, we have all received grace in place of grace already given. For the law was given through Moses, but grace and truth came from Christ Jesus. No one has ever seen God, but the one and only son who is himself God and is in closest relationship with the father. Jesus has made God known to us. He became flesh and dwelt among us. The meaning is he he pitched his tent among the people. He came down to be one of us. He hungered. He thirsted. He had sore feet. He had backaches. He got splinters. He stubbed his toe this Jesus, fully human, fully God. And we have seen his glory. We have seen the fullness of of who he is. And from that fullness of who he is, he gives us grace upon grace upon grace. And as we allow that grace to work its way into our lives, and as we allow that grace to begin to transform us and to move us in a different direction, He just gives more and more and more. The grace of God will never run out through Christ. It never never lessens. It's at full force all the time. And the more you receive it, the more He gives. And the more you receive and the more He gives, it's lavished upon us this love, this grace. This is the greatness of Christ. This is who we are preparing our hearts to receive on Christmas morning. This is what we're celebrating. And for those that are without the grace of God, man, I'm telling you, it's, it's available and it's waiting for you. Would you receive it this morning? It's available and it's waiting for you. Paul writes in Romans 5 5 that where sin has increased, grace has increased even more. There is nothing that you could do to, to separate you from the love of God. There's no sin too great. And I know some of you are thinking oh, I'm about the blasphemy on the Holy Spirit. I get it, yeah, theology, but listen to my words. There's no sin too great that God is not going to be able to forgive you, that his, his desire is to forgive you. Like if every person in the world, we have, what do we have, six billion people in the world? If every person in the world in the same exact instance got on their knees and looked to Christ and said, I believe, I receive, and the grace of God came, came pouring down from heaven on every single six billion people, that pool of grace would not go down by a drop. Grace upon grace. No one has ever seen God, but the one and only Son, who is God Himself. I used, I use the term a lot. Um, unpack, kind of. We're going to look at this verse and unpack it. Or we're going to look at this these verses, unpack them, and it kind of means to to take something and 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 really dig in and see what it means, see what's in there. If you want to unpack God the Father, you look to Jesus Son. If you want to know who the Father is, you look to Jesus. If you want to know uh, the love of God, you look to Jesus. If you want to know about the grace of God, look to Jesus. If you want to know about the mercy of God, you look to Jesus. If you want to know about uh, the power of God, you look to Jesus. That He would leave here, go to heaven, and then He would give us the power of the Spirit, that we can live in this world in abundance, and we can live in this world in victory, and we don't have to live in the darkness that surrounds us anymore, that we could be the light. If you want to know the light of God, look to Jesus. He has been revealed to us, this Father of ours. Grace, love, mercy, light, power, forgiveness. You know, I'm, I'm um, Hey Ben would you come to the piano? <clears throat> and and I'm going to ask um some people to stand in the back and pray. So um Jim and and, and Bonnie Sue would you go back there? Um, right now, and and instead of having people come up to the front, which could be a little bit intimidating, I want to offer a time of prayer in the back. Bonnie's not back. Let's see. So the fountains. Would you go back there? Um, and as Ben plays, the Lord's doing some business with with some of you, someone, and um. Don't lose the opportunity to receive what Jesus has come to give. That you would have the light of life. A light that pushes back darkness. That you would receive grace upon grace. That you would receive the forgiveness that you you are longing for, but you just don't think that it's going to happen. So just spend some time with the Lord for a few minutes. Um, Ben's going to play. And and if you would be so willing, if you would be so daring, there are people in the back that want to pray the light and the life of Christ into you. Whose sin the Lord does not count against them, and in whose spirit there is no deceit, When I kept silent, my bones wasted away through my groaning all day long. For day and night, your hand was heavy on me. My strength was sapped as in the heat of summer. Then I acknowledged my sin to you. I did not cover up my iniquity. I said, I will confess. I will confess my transgressions to the Lord. And you forgave the guilt of my sin. Therefore, let all the faithful pray to you while you may be found. Surely the rising of the mighty waters will not reach them. You are my hiding place. You will protect me from trouble and surround me with songs of deliverance. Rejoice in the Lord and be glad, you righteous. Sing, all you who are upright in heart. And that is the word of the Lord. Amen. I love you guys, and we'll see you next week.